Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode 42. You'll find me in the pod, bottle full of naught. Mummy, I got the cast. If you want to have a laugh, I'm into doing schblags. I ain't into making love, so come give us a hug if you want to get rubbed. I think that was the Beautiful. lyrics from uh, 50 Cent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got Charlie. It's a podcast, a good charity. It's a podcast. I love the last line, which I modified slightly, but the original is, so come give me a hug if you're into getting rubbed, which is just yeah, that's right. delightfully weird. Uh, and I loved it. So something that I'm going to say mm-hmm. is that you're still in Singapore. I'm still in Singapore. I'm heading back. I've been here for two weeks because we decided one week just wasn't enough. Because uh, we hadn't been overseas in two years, so and we were lucky to be able to do that. So we extended by one week. Wow! Which means I'm heading back tomorrow. So I just had my last hawker center feast, and when I go back, I'm going to have to get straight into deep ketosis for several weeks. Oh yeah! Uh, so I'm just enjoying a large bowl of rice while I still can. And what do you want to say to the people of Singapore about this two weeks? I want to say... Th- and the leadership. And I want to say, yeah, no doubt they're listening in on this conversation right now. And I want to say to them, thanks for your stewardship. It's a little bit more hands-on than I'm used to, but I can see the advantages in having a <laughs> s- strong and centralized government that knows what it's doing. Ideally, a happy medium between the Australian government and this one would probably be a true utopia. And I want to say thank you to Singapore and thank you to Lee Kuan Yew, the founder of the modern republic. <laughs> Get us back. We want to say Singapore, don't praise the machine, is a fan. Mm. Get us back anytime. Singapore Airlines. Yeah, it's a good airline. Singapore Airlines. Me and John want to do one of those silly YouTube videos where you pop us in your most expensive first class yes. uh, cabin. We'll share it together. Yeah. We'll share it. We'll share a double bed in the sky and then we'll do a YouTube video about, hey guys, <laughs> welcome to Singapore <laughs> Airlines. We've been invited by Singapore Airlines to fly in the sky number one class. And then and this is what happens. Little musical cuts, little syrupy musical cuts where we're just like laughing and getting champagne from the air hostess. Yeah. And then there'll be like a nice soft, soft lens on us as we're kind of having a little nap. Lowering our seats down. When you get in, guys, you get free slippers <laughs> and the menu's better than economy class and there's so much room and, and they, we want to say thank you again, Lee Kuan Yew. <laughs> what's his, what's, what do we call him affectionately? LKY. 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 We want to say you, we, John's had a great... Friend of the show, LKY. <laughs> <laughs> I did the old went out last night, oh, yeah. but I had two alcohol. I had two alcohol free beers, yeah. so I have woken up feeling a million dollars. And all your buddies, all your buddies are waking up with the horrors. Oh, they got the horrors. They got they got bad headaches. Yeah. They have, they're getting the fear yeah. right now. They're holding their bodies. They're holding their bodies in bed, <laughs> shivering and sweating. Yeah. And what I mean, I mean, I've, I've, um, 
maybe I should maybe I should make this announcement on the podcast so that I stick to it. Mm-hmm. So a couple of a couple of announcements here that I haven't told the cast errs that don't praises. Mm-hmm. So I'm running I'm running my first marathon oh. in a little under a little under 2 months. Yeah. I, I told you that? You d- I think you did make uh make mention of it. I wasn't sure how firm the plans were. Yeah. No, oh, it's firm. Mm. So I'm running my first marathon on March the 4th. Mm-hmm. It's the Trans Grand Canaria in Las Palmas, Spain, oh. which is part of the Canary part of the Canary Islands. Yeah. And so I'm deep in training at the moment. So I have to do a bunch of running this morning to get my my little weak Megan legs uh, really Beefed pumped, up. full of muscles. And hmm. so I'm going for a run with my uh, friend Philip, who I'm also I'm doing the Trans Grand Canaria with Philip and Owen, yeah. two of my friends. Yeah. So we're deep in training at the moment. So I got a after I've casted with you. Yeah. I got to go running, and I got brand new shoes, which I'm very excited about. Oh. I got Hoka One One Torrent Twos, and I want to say, Wow, Hoka, Hoka, get on us. We want a sponsorship from. You. <laughs> Don't praise a machine, Hoka One One. What's it's that comfort that you need when you're running a marathon? What's the um? Do you, I mean you must know you must have researched. Or you've you, perhaps you're in the crowd with people who know these kinds of things. How one prepares physically for a marathon? Yeah, because you can't just. Thankfully, my friend, do a few warm ups. You, know, you can't just rock up on the day. Yeah. you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't, <laughs> you can't just. You can't just do a few star jumps three minutes before <laughs> the marathon and say you're good to go. Yeah. You'll be. It, it, that'll be a nightmare. <laughs> Thankfully, my friend, my friend Phillips, pretty pretty obsessive right. with these kinds of things so he's great to ask about anything so yeah i'm focusing on nutrition i'm focusing on stretching obviously there's varied training yeah one thing that's really fun that i love about distance running is that you get to eat during the run mm. so this makes it a little bit more enjoyable and it gives you something to look forward to every half hour when you're because you have to replenish the glycogen stores uh-huh. that you're depleting uh, once you're running those kinds of distances. So I have a, a cupboard full of energy gels, which are just little <laughs> bags of sweet, little wow. bags of sweetness. Um, and, and you just... I've got green apple energy gels. You just scarf an energy gel. Running. That's your food. Yeah. Wow. And it's so nice because it's a little treat to look forward to. And Can you put it... Suck them down. I've got green apple. Can you put it in a sandwich? Yeah, well, I've, I actually quite like them. And I said to um, Philip and Owen last week that I might just start <laughs> spreading them on a bit of toast in the morning. What I'm, what I'm, from my perspective, looking forward to is, and I don't, and I, I don't want you to come to harm in any way, but part of me does want to see this, the kind of footage of you in the finish line, maybe the last 50 meters where you just look like you don't know where you are and you got the wibble legs and you got a bit of you got a bit of brown brownish leakage maybe <laughs> the classic that's that, that classic that classic sort of totally confused look I don't know where I am I've got a little wobbly legs you got got the monogetti spaghetti yeah the monogetti spaghetti and you've got a yeah, you've got this sort of, just sort of like look like you're about to evaporate because you're so parched and dehydrated. <laughs> how does you? How do you poo? How does? How do you make toilet? You don't. You, you don't. You don't. 
That's that's your question whenever I tell you that I'm doing anything. (laughs) Anything that I have a discussion with you about. If I tell you that I'm going to a dinner party... What's the toilets? What's the toilet situation? And you're like, I think the pers- the host just has a normal bathroom. They say, oh, there's like an Ai Weiwei exhibition on it in one of the Berlin galleries this week. I'm going with friends. Oh, that sounds good. How do you poo? What's the toilet situation? <laughs> I assume they have toilets there. <laughs> Yeah, the gallery, gallery just has usual the usual facilities. <laughs> Are you sure you might want to check them? <laughs> just stop, stop micromanaging me. I know how to go to the toilet. <laughs> no, on on at this distance, you don't need to. Okay. Well, that's actually you know the, the actually uh, the, the 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 so uh, marathon's forty two kilometers. Right. I ran as part of my training twenty six last week. Yeah. And that's the furthest I've ever run. I've done a bunch of half marathons in my life. Okay. Which are twenty twenty one k's. Right. And for each of those, that that's the limit. I'd never run more than twenty one k's. Last week I did twenty six. Yeah. And I was fine. I didn't. Nature didn't call. Okay. I also I've I've started to like. Um, you start to to essentially practice your eating routine. Mm. So I know I have a dinner at a certain time, and then I just have oats in the morning. Yeah, okay. And you got to get fine. your carbs in. But this is like a mountainous. It's a trail marathon, right? So I can probably just dash off. Just to do the, the side if just I need. do a bush poop. Yeah, I won't dash off to the side, and I and I'll also do it. Like as soon as the starter's gun goes off, I'm going to run 10 meters and stop with thousands of people around me and just squat. And then I will, uh, and then I'll, and then I'll just do one of my gels as an enema to start the race. That's going to be how I power up at the start of the race. We make a lot of fun of celebrity culture on this show, or a little bit of it, and I think to an extent that's warranted and it's understood it's all in good fun, but some celebrities are just good people who do admirable work, and on that score, um, I would like to extend, I'm sure on your behalf too, Al, our congratulations to our friends of the show, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, who were engaged this week. <laughs> Um, I've been corresponding with MJK since the early days of DPTM and uh, he's a good guy. Um, he's a fan of the show and I could tell when things were shaping up with Megan that it was, you know, it was the real deal. Uh, he's, he's a Pisces moon and I don't think, um, I, I don't think I need to explain what that means, nor could I, but I think they're a great match and we wish them the best, and I look forward to uh, being invited to their nuptials in due course. Wow, Machine Gun Kelly mm. and Megan Fox and Megan from Fox Transformers, and I don't even know what Machine Gun Kelly is from. <laughs> I, know, I know I keep abreast of his life because you often talk about him, <laughs> which I often find fascinating. That you you're always like sending me Machine Gun Kelly memes. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I don't even know myself. That's I just kind of have a vibe of what he's about, which is basically like being a kind of 
terrible rapper. I think he had a feud where Eminem said, you're terrible. And then oh, yeah. he was so affected by it that he just stopped doing raps. And now he's do- now he does kind of other types of music. And he's managed... He's managed to sort of become one of these like professional celebrities. Exactly, now, yeah. I'm not even aware of of his art. No, I just I don't think he's always is. in the tabloids. And then he's in like the the upcoming Jackass movie for some reason. Oh, and I wish him the best. Uh, not really. <laughs> I must send you. I I saw a clip. I saw a clip of him on the Drew Barrymore show. She's got a show now. Yeah, my high school my high school crush Drew Barrymore. Yeah has a the Drew Barrymore show and she interviewed him and then he talked about how he first met Megan Fox yeah. and it was the story was ridiculous yeah I just switched the video I switched the video straight off I did enjoy reading about them because they were reflecting on their how they fell in love when they got engaged and um it was very stupid it was like t- two very stupid people who yeah you know who impress each other with their stupid nonsense so I think on the like, she said that she could feel in her, you know, in her in her stars, whatever, in her chakras. Oh, I think she actually was, said in her solar plexus, she could she could feel before she even met him, just when she first heard his name, oh. that something was going to go down between them. And then, of course, they met on the set of some film, and then she took him to her trailer on the second day of filming. Yeah, and, this is the story I heard on the Drew yeah, Ramon okay. show too. And then she just knew because he was a Pisces moon. I don't know what the fuck that means. Pretty confident, nothing. Um, and <laughs> and uh, and then they did this thing. Where he said they, they kissed, but then for a while after that, she wouldn't let him kiss her and they would just – get real close, get like a centimetre away what? from each other's mouths and then just like breathe in each other's scent. Pretty dumb. <laughs> oh, man. Where, uh, what, what, where are Machine, Gun, Machine Gun's parents? They did a terrible yeah, job. Yeah, mach- Machunk Gunkle. He's, uh, he's lost. <laughs> <laughs> we want to say thank you and congratulations to you, Pisces Moon Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> you. We wish them the best. That's going to last. <laughs> and they both seem like very down-to-earth people. Yeah. Nothing, no one seems more down-to-earth than Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> and Megan Fox yeah. from Transformers 4. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm, I've been in Singapore, and I thank our listeners for their interest in my trip, which of course has been bankrolled in large part by the Don't Praise the Machine success story. And uh, one story that I thought I'd share from my travels is, I think I showed you a couple of pictures of it, but um, oh, yesterday yeah, I went please. to this wonderful place, which is called, either you can call it Horpar Villa, or you can call it... Tiger Balm Gardens because it was started by uh, these brothers, Orbun Hoa and Orbun Park, and they were, I think, from Myanmar originally, but they're they're of Chinese background. And they, one of them, uh, I think, Hoa started um, Tiger Balm, which our listeners will be familiar with. I think it's that kind of the stuff that comes in the little 
can little containers and it's got quite an ornate tiger insignia on the front and you're supposed to use it mm. I think to like I don't know the same way you'd use any kind of balm like to on your balls here to yeah on your balls uh if you've if you before a date you always <laughs> use a full can a full ten on your balls I was taught <laughs> I was always that's how what I was taught yeah it's true <laughs> It's get true. a real that was, sting. That was get a real sting down there. It was popularized by Fonzie in Happy Days. He used to, <laughs> he used to, he used to do the hey. scrot bomb uh, before a date. Hey. <laughs> Richie Cunningham was always, "What am I going to do, Fonzie? I got a date. I'm so nervous." <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, put a bunch of fucking tiger bomb down there, <laughs> all over your junk, your fucking bomb, your fucking bomb, your junk up, you asshole. It's easy." Then you get all the ladies. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, happy day. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, so you use it for ailments. Use it like for my chap. If you're chap, yeah. I mean, to be honest, they always promote that it bloody cures cancer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't. I think it's basically for chap lips and chapped elbows. Um, right. But uh, anyway, it's very popular. Uh, particularly I think here in Asia and um, they became very successful. And then one brother bought a hill in, bought property on a hill in Singapore and built a villa on the hill for his, for the other brother. And between about 1937 and 1950 something, he, um, he then set about commissioning a series of sculptures on the hill and, Basically, there are over a thousand figures, and they form wow uh, these these giant sized dioramas. There's over 150 dioramas, and the kind of general aim, to the extent that it there is one, is to inform people about I think like Chinese folklore, but also traditional Chinese morality. It's uh, kind of become popular in recent times. I mean, it was, like I said, constructed in the 30s to the 50s and then in the decades following that. Initially, I think he intended it sort of as a private amusement park for his brother, which is pretty odd. And then <laughs> and, uh, and then in the 60s and 70s, it was open to the public. And I think kids in particular used to go there to sort of learn about these stories from uh, Chinese folklore and Chinese mythology and also sort of Taoist history but it's it's very unusual, and he had a very kind of distinctive aesthetic and sensibility, and it, it's pretty off the wall. Like we went because of that, because it's basically known to be this kind of eccentric wonderland. So we went, and there's a place called Hell's Musician uh, Hell's Museum when you go in, and it's a it's billed as the only museum that is devoted entirely to death and the afterlife. And probably the highlight of the museum and probably the highlight of the whole place is this place called, I believe it's called the Ten Courts of Hell. And in some, in one branch of uh, sort of Taoist influenced Buddhism, they have a very elaborate sense of what happened, or they at least did have a very elaborate sense of what happened to you in the afterlife. Uh, right. Which was basically about, you know, it, it was it was a similar thing that you see in other religions where it's like there's a process of judgment. You go through various 
uh, trials if you've done various things wrong. And the worse the things you've done wrong, the more serious the trials. But it's very specific. So it's like if you evade tax, then you'll be given a particular kind of punishment. If you cheat, right. if you waste food, if you kill someone, if you rob a house, whatever, they, they all get their own very distinct and very kind of specific forms of punishment, which include things like being hung on a spiky tree, being disemboweled, okay. uh, being like squeezed between two boulders. And wow, what if what do you have to have done to get that? Yeah, I can't, I'm not entirely sure, but some of them were pretty horrible, and they were for what seemed to be like bad language. You, you know, you might have think uh. you might have like had to be sort of be kind of thrown onto a ice sheet until you froze to death or something. So so they don't fuck around, and all of those things are really graphically depicted. We might have to put some if we. <laughs> If we, um, yeah, your we might have to put some of these images in the show notes because they are truly wonderful. Like the the level of detail that people go into that that the artisans have gone into is extraordinary. It's like these kind of sometimes life size figures where people are just being like attacked and horribly tortured by a demon. And and children used to go in this. So we did that for the first sort of forty five minutes, and you come out of that and you're like. I mean, I was like, this is the best. And then we went walking through the rest of the park. And the rest of the park is more like based on mythology and so on. And sometimes I think just like complete flights of fancy, like just there'll just be, you know, kind of a huge scene involving hundreds of fish who are fighting hundreds of rabbits or something. Like it's just it's just kind of completely off the wall. And and we we're walking around and it's all like it was basically empty. There was maybe one other person that we saw walking around and it's all got this kind of dilapidated feel because it hasn't really been kept up very well since its heyday in the 50s and 60s. And when we were there, they were like beaming over this PA system, this kind of crackly, slow 1920s sort of music, which is or maybe 1930s, like when it, when it, when it was originally the, the era from which it dates originally, you know, that kind of, we will meet again, that sort of syrupy sort of slow, okay. spooky. So it's spooky basically. And I, I was, I, I separated from Jacinta at one point and I walked past this guy in a lawnmower and he was just staring at me. And then I kept walking about 10 meters. I looked at, over at him again. He was still staring at me. And then I walked another 10 meters and then I looked over at him again and then he was just kind of staring into space. And then I went down into this grotto and there were like images of tigers growling at me. And I was like, man, this place is something else. Like if I was there at night, I would have been genuinely <laughs> perturbed. So if anyone comes to Singapore, it's a must see. It's uh, it'll blow your mind. And I loved it. Shout out to Horpar Villa. <laughs> And shout out to Tiger Balm. It's a quality product.
So something that I just want to touch on briefly, because I only just discovered it really in the last, I'm going to say, two days, yeah. which I sent to John. Uh, as all of the don't praises will know from last week's episode, I'm absolutely loving TikTok. Yeah. I'm the kind of, I'm right in TikTok. <laughs> uh, I've stopped eating and all I do is I swipe up all day yeah. and I'm loving it. And I'm stitching. I'm doing lip syncing. I'm dancing. Yeah. Uh, all the all the all the teens will know what I'm talking about there. But something something that I stumbled across, which caught my attention, was a it was so on TikTok. One of the things that's made it so popular is that if somebody makes a video, um, and people find that video interesting or compelling, or they want to somehow add to it or essentially do like their own lip sync to it. You can just take the sound of the video and then make your own video right. and lip sync the sound. So if I posted a video right now of me going, hi, it's me, Alex, I'm a funny boy, somebody can take that, take the sound mm. and use it and then lip sync to, to hi, I'm Alex, I'm a funny boy. Mm. Anyway, I saw, I saw this lip sync that was getting done over and over and over again and the lip sync was kind of unusual. So I looked up what it was yeah. and I found the, ori- the original on YouTube is this anime character Character that looks like she's on Twitch, yes, talking to all the Twitch people, <laughs> and I was like, "What is this? It's like it's a, it's it's clearly a person who's got some software running that's turned them into they're controlling the anime character. The anime character is mouthing their words. Yeah, but it's clearly a human. It's clearly a human that's speaking. Right. And all these people in the ch- in the chat room were like, "You're so funny. You're so beautiful." And I was like, "This is." What weird so what's crazy. going on here? Yeah. So this is these people are called VTubers, mm. and this is a thing that's been popular apparently in Japan for at least ten years. Mm-hmm. And there's now software that would allow you, in much the same way that that everybody out there is familiar with now, your your Facebook filters, your Snapchat filters, where you can essentially put a kind of weird mask or whatever mm. on your face mm. and. And uh, and you look like perhaps a cartoon character. It's that, except all you're seeing is a digital representation. It just looks like a real anime character. Mm. And these are called VTubers, and they've been popular in Japan for ten years. And it still is mostly popular in J- mostly popular in Japan. But in the last two or three years, it started to become popular with American and uh, English speaking creators. Mm-hmm. And so now you can go on Twitch, which is the street gaming. Uh, streaming website where you can watch people play video games or to be honest with Twitch now it's developed where you can just watch people do anything so this particular um, streamer whose name is Amy I think uh, she is um, she looks like an anime girl but then I just went deep and I looked on YouTube and there's (laughs) tons of people now that are presenting themselves as anime characters it's most popular with an anime style looking girl that then plays video games and chats with the audience that pay her money. Yeah, but then and it's like this other one that I found. So it's it's yeah, live, on. right? She's broadcasting. It's live, and they're it's tuning 100% in. Live. Okay, yeah, yeah, and it goes, and they can go for several hours. They go for as long as you want. Like you go for days if you want. And of course, the, the that Twitch model is that people can donate money. I mean, we can, we can do a whole episode on on Twitch. We should do a yeah. We should do an ASMR. We should do an ASMR type episode deep dive, John, that goes for an hour. Mm on streaming mm. because the stuff that is happening in streaming <laughs> i really feel like is uh, it's i think 
unless you're in that world, you have no idea how bizarre yeah. and dystopian the the world of streaming is, in my opinion. It, so I think we should do a deep dive. And by streaming, you mean what I described where people are watching things live and somebody's just correct doing yeah. something in real time. Yeah, I guess it started off with Twitch, with with game streaming yeah. where you would watch somebody play a video game yeah. and there's an audience of people watching one person play a video game right. and, and talk about their experience live of playing the video game while people chat in the chat room. Yeah. But uh, if people want to take a little bit of a look at where this is headed, mm. there's a game developer who goes under the name Code Miko, who is a VTuber. And because her skill set is so advanced, she's been able to build this like it's it's not uh, like hyper realistic yet mm. but she's she's built this character that she calls yeah code miko yeah. she wears a full body motion capture suit and then hosts like a hosts like a weekly show yeah where this it looks like anybody who knows anything about video games it's being created in what's called the unreal engine which is a video game creation platform mm-hmm. Uh, 3D creation platform. And so what you're watching is this real-time 3D animated girl who then interviews, she gets other YouTubers to sort of appear on a TV mm. screen in front of her. So you're watching this animated character yeah. and it's going, hee hee hee, now here's my guest. And she'll get something like PewDiePie and he'll appear on her screen. Yeah, And it's, if anybody, I mean, this is like a real deep cut for people that are even older than us, but... Um, Look up Max Headroom yeah. because it's basically it's the it's Max Headroom come to life, which was Max <laughs> Headroom was a 1985 mid 80s creation. Yeah. It was like this this digital. He was meant to be like a robot digital interviewer, like a David Letterman late night TV interviewer who was supposed to not really exist, mm. and he appeared on a screen and would interview people via a screen. It's that, but it's now 37 years later yeah so look up code miko and it really is it's a view into into what's going to happen because obviously the, the possibilities are limitless so this code miko the character is of course gorgeous yeah 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 it's a classic kind of anime a nerd boy fantasy yeah and she gets huge audiences of people that come and watch her just sort of giggle and run around in this virtual environment and obviously she can do whatever she wants she can sort of she can go oh look i'm just going to make a machine gun materialize out of nowhere and i'm going to change my hair and i'm going to she does this amazing thing with the audience where she lets them like i think she she puts an interface on the screen where i don't know if she does it via an interface or if they're able they just do it but the audience can like change her physical appearance like you can when you're creating your own character in say yeah 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 like a video game where you can say i want the hair brown yeah i want taller i want shorter she sometimes just goes okay guys uh, you can just have a play around and then the audience like makes her fat or skinny. Mm. It's crazy. VTubers, they're coming for you and <laughs> going to make the world less true. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are. I've got to say, uh, you send me a wide variety of media, which I, which is useful for me in keeping abreast of yeah. the demise of culture. And um, <laughs> But the VTubers thing I watched and I thought like, I found it quite hard to watch and I and I ended up thinking like, yeah, I'm in two minds about whether to talk about this because I just don't want to give it a platform because it's so <laughs> unsettling. And uh, 
and just just kind of inane, but in this like really deeply inane way. I I just I just don't even know what's going on in the heads of people who are doing it. Like the one that the one that you showed what one of the clips that you just referred to where what's the name of the the character and she's interviewing this guy who's like a real guy you know he's just a, yeah it's code miko code miko's interviewing this guy and he, and he's like making various kind of scatological jokes and telling her to fart into the yeah. microphone that's and right then yeah she so she farts into the microphone or at least pretends to and then she suddenly changes into a bikini and he kind of looks all randy. And I was just like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then and then I was reading about her and it was like, um, she's a very comfy, fun loving fox girl or something. Oh yeah. This was this was this was another yeah, one. I think this one. was a this was a V, v this is an anime VTuber. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, I didn't. Again, I love the idea that Fox Girl is a thing yeah. that you know like, if you're in that? the That's anime world. And then it was like <laughs> she sometimes gets loses herself in her art, and I'm like, well, yeah, I don't. That's a phrase that I would apply to Michelangelo when he did the Sistine Chapel, not <laughs> not, not this like what whatever's going on here is not art. I don't. It's so strange. It's like. What if you caught you? What if your son, John? Yeah. What if your son was spending all night staying up, yeah. watching giggly anime VTubers <laughs> or Code Miko? And he said, Dad, I just want to watch Code Miko yeah. tonight for three. And you'd have to say, I have to limit your VTuber time. <laughs> yeah, to nil. Uh, go- Otherwise, Gordon, you're out of the Gordon. fucking house. Um, but, but, uh, go on, Gordon, <laughs> I've had to limit your VTuber time. To half an hour a day, and I've had to limit our father-son time to half an hour a week. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, that—that's the kind of almost the sort of epitome of a generation gap, isn't it? It's like the sort of incomprehension. It's totally, it's totally a gener- It's totally a generation. Yeah, thing. it's like because I just thought. I mean, I, we'll go deep in 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 um in future episodes about mm. this because. The thing that makes me really uncomfortable is the power dynamic mm. with that kind of thing. Like, it just feels like you're such a supplicant watching <laughs> these, like, women who... And they're not even presenting themselves. They're presenting a cartoon character. Yeah. And they're doing a gig. They're doing a giggly voice. Mm. And then the chat room, which is clearly men, mm. is just paying them money. Mm. And I just say... I don't want this. No, I don't think it's. I don't. I mean, everyone, both the performer and the audience, is kind of debasing themselves. It seems to me, but maybe that's what my grandparents would have said about a Beatles concert. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe this is where we're headed. I mean, the thing I thought, John, that I thought, I was like, you and me, we've got to do VTubing. <laughs> we've got to create our own. Our own our sort of anime avatars, yes. and I want to pick your. And I was laughing. I was really laughing <laughs> to myself, thinking that we, because what we can do is obviously you're going to be in Australia, and I'm going to be in Europe. But mm. in a virtual space, in the we could host a show in the metaverse. We could host a show where our avatars are sat next to each other. Yeah, and I'm going to make yours really fat and naked, <laughs> and I'm going to be real <laughs> handsome and tall, and to get, and I'm going to give you a real high voice. <laughs> 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna be in control of every. I'm gonna have a set of buttons in front of me that just make you like fart and vomit <laughs> on command because I'm the one that's a bit more like technically proficient. I'll be like running the boards and I'll just be hyper handsome and I, and you'll just be going. Uh, then I'll turn you into like a. I'm gonna make you a mouse. I think I'm gonna make you a mouse on my handsome shoulder. Handsome Al and tiny little mouse John, the farting mouse. <laughs> When I get irritated with you, I just like pop you on the ground and, and tread on you and just squish you dead. And then I just disconnect your computer. <laughs> I just, int- I get you, every week I get you to come on, and then within two minutes, I've squished you <laughs> under my sole of my shoe and I've disconnected your computer. <laughs> uh. Um, VTubers, look them up. Everyone, look up Code Miko. Look up Code Miko. She runs, she does like a game show. It's so Max Headroom mm. She does a game show and it's it's so professional. Like, I must say, mm. one thing that's quite admirable about her, about Code Miko, mm. is that unlike the vast, vast, vast majority of VTubers who completely hide their real identity mm-hmm. and just present the, the VTuber, the, the avatar, she actually does like half of her thing is presenting this code Miko character. And then half of it is her being herself showing her full face and actually explaining how she does the code Miko character. So she, which, which I actually think is, is, um, that actually made me like yeah, her, that's slightly uh, less more than the other up. YouTubers, and she's she's like so clever, this girl. So she's a game developer, yeah, and she's really the one that's pushing the limits of this VTuber thing. But check out Code Miko. Check out her game shows. What do you? If you got a son, just pop him in front of the Code Miko for a couple of days, <laughs> and his brain gonna be his brain gonna be just fine. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into episode number 42 of Don't Praise the Machine. We've loved having you, and we hope that your 2022 has been off to a great start. I just want to say thanks, everyone. It's great to be back with you. Thank you for letting me go on a brief sojourn to Singapore. I'm going to be coming back fresh and hot from my usual Melbourne stewed next week, and we look forward to seeing you then. Look forward to seeing you then. Also, guys, as I said, we're on TikTok now for all those troubled teens out there that want to lip sync, stitch, and do all the manner of viral, memey things to us and want to connect. Uh, we actually have the handle mm. at Don't Praise the Machine on TikTok. So mm-hmm. that's our TikTok account. We're posting uh, actual videos of us in the studio there as a little bit of a, a little bit of an enticement. And you can also reach us at Don't Praise the Podcast on Instagram, or if you want to email us, don't praise at aol.com or one word, don't praise at aol.com. And also, before I go, I want to say that I want to recommend a song. I've been going through the four Smiths studio albums to decide which one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last night I was on the train listening to Meat is Murder. And so I want to say that you should be listening this week to Well, I Wonder by The Smiths, which is Mm. a beautiful, beautiful song. And I've been listening to The Smiths since I was about four years old because 
my uncles David and John used to listen to them and then mum would listen to them as well. Mm-hmm. And well, I wonder, was always around, but I didn't give it that much listening. And in the last few years, it's just been that Smith song that I've been going to. So mm. don't praise the machine. Track of the week, the Smiths, well, I wonder from the Meat is Murder album from 1984. Runner-up track of the week, Into Club by 50 Cent. It's a classic. It's uh, <laughs> Playing back to back. Yeah, it's been, it's been gathering dust for too long. Give it a spin. Uh, you'll be surprised how well it's aged. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to Don't Praise the Machine, episode number 42. I've been Alexander Holland with my pod partner, John Malone. We'll catch you next week at the podcast. <laughs>